I'm coming. He did not come. To you, it's nothing. Your wife says, sweetheart, where are you? I'm in the office. Okay, are you coming? Now? Yes, I'm coming. I'll be home in 10 minutes. Then a client comes and you don't come. You know you have failed on your word. But we don't take anything of it. In the second level, spiritual level, it works. It's used against you. All these are piled up. If you lose your temper, say, get away. This idiot. They write against you. You call the man an idiot. Write it down against you. Yes? All those are mounted up. And they use them in accusation. When these witches now want to kill, they come. They bring out the record sheet. This boy, he cheated in the exam two years ago. And there's no statute of limitation. Those of you who are lawyers know what I'm talking about. In spiritual things. If you, you stole two years ago, you're still a thief. <laughs> there's nothing like, okay, statute of limitation has covered it spiritually. No. They write all of those things that the day they want to kill a man, they just say, they, they go to a babalawa and say, kill this man for us. Babalawa was okay, I will do in condition he will die. He does in condition he dies. What he don't realize is that their success rate is not 100%. It's not everybody they can kill. The ones that they can kill are the ones that have been given over to death. But they are not dead yet because nobody has yet brought accusations up against them. So they bring accusations and God rules and hands them over to the one that had the power of death, Satan, the devil. He kills them. And the witch said, I killed somebody. All he did was to raise accusations. I'm going somewhere. That's how they operate. But what I've told you now, they only operate at the particular spiritual realm where your works, what you sow, is what you immediately what? Reap. Your works return back to you. All those kind of things. Now, bear that level in mind. See, I've given you two levels now. What's that third one? Christ, thank you very much. Then this other one in which is teeth for tat, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a nose for an ear, you know those kind of funny things. Now this is how, how, how we escape from the protection of God and come to this level. Should I show you how? Quickly open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 18. Talking about the will of God. I know my topic. I'm talking about the will of God. You'll be set free today. Somebody say amen. I'm not really setting you free. Jesus did it already. I'm just pointing it out to you. <laughs> if you're a believer here, give me an amen. amen. Let me say to you, you have been set free. Amen. You have been freed indeed. Amen. Jesus has set you free. Amen. It's very important. Let's quickly go to that book of Luke chapter 18. I, want to re- I use the New American Standard. Usually, let me just switch over to that. The book of Luke chapter 18. I want to really tell... I want to show us something on how we escape, we run away from where we are hidden to where Satan, you know, remember my dog, Lucky? Yes, they come and entice him out from the protection of God. Verse 10, it says, two men went up into the temple to pray. Jesus was speaking. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying to himself. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers and just adulterers and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his chest, his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. I know I am a sinner. And what did Jesus say? I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. This is spiritual principle. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who exalts himself, humbles himself will be what? Exalted. This is how we do it. Everybody pay attention to me. When we want to pray, this is how Satan entices us. Now, normally, let me say something. That front dog, a lot of times, please, with all apologies, I don't mean any disrespect, is the only way I can say it because it's the truth. That front dog that comes to entice Lucky, you know who that dog is? Who normally plays that role? I'll tell you. It's men of God. I'm sorry. I mean, sir, I mean no disrespect. This is what we do. They say, when you want to pray, you will show God your checkbook, the money you have given to him. You know, when you say it, you know what you do? You want to give the man confidence to pray. But you know what you are doing? You are enticing him away from the protection of God into the second level where he can be accused. This is what happens. You start praying. He said, God, last year, this has happened. I've seen it before. People say that this is happening. It can't happen to my child. I help somebody else's child. Note that. I saw a man. In one day, two of his sons died. In one day. They had an accident and they died. And he stood there. 
And he cried, and I was consoling him. He said, Ah, how can this happen to me? Me that I'm helping other people's children. In my mind, that's why they died. Then the people, I've seen I said, I can't be poor. You know, you know how many poor people I've helped? When you say that, you know what you have done? You have left the protection of God. You are now in the place where you and the witches can start fighting accusation. Because you come and say, I have done. So that automatic, remember God is just to, automatically gives them a right to start telling God what you have not done. And listen to me, you have done less than what you have not done. And that's why the Bible says, quickly, open to it, the book of Psalms. There are many of them, I don't even know why I'm telling you to open it. It's just a little bit that we're reading the Bible, alright? Quickly. Psalm 143. Don't bother opening to it, I'll just read it to you. He said, do not enter into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight no man living is righteous. Did you hear that? David was praying, he said, God, no, let's not start counting what I have done, what I haven't done. Because if we start counting, nobody is righteous. When we go to God and start saying, this is why, this is what I have done. For that reason, you must do this for me. Then Satan gets up and says, let me show what you have not done. And God is just. God is just. If they give him enough reasons why you should not be blessed, you will not be blessed. What should a Christian do? That's what Jesus taught us. He said, we'll go there and say, be merciful to me, the sinner. What is mercy? I'll tell you. The mercy of God has a name. The name of the mercy of God is what? Jesus. The name of the mercy of God is what? I want to hear the name of the mercy of God is what? Is who? So he said, you ask only in my name. Don't say anything more than that. Let me give you deliverance today. Never ever go to God to pray and tell him what you have done. If you want to do, do and forget it there. I don't care how good a girl you have been. You won't get a good husband. You won't have children. I don't care how good. Because there are many things that are against you. You don't realize it. So many. Because it's not fornicate. There are things you did that are worse than fornication. He said disobedience is like the sin of witchcraft. You tell me you never disobeyed? <laughs> there are things. He said, I helped the poor. God said, let me show you. The Satan said, let me show you things you have not done. Like what? He said, he that walks out of his father, on his mother, his lamp will go out in the time of darkness. He'll give you six years ago, your father was talking. You told him you were busy, you hung up the phone. That is enough to kill. But listen, am I here to condemn you? No, no, no. I'm here to tell you how, where to hide. Where do you hide? Tell your neighbor, in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Listen, in Christ, all your shortcomings are overlooked. It's not as if they say, continue in sin. No. They say, until you reach perfection, we'll keep on cleaning you away. Uh-huh. Are you getting what I say? If you do something that is wrong, they'll say, oh boy, it's not like that. You say, hey, Lord, in Jesus' name, I am sorry. God say, fine, wiped away entirely. Even before you realize it, you come to pray. Say, Lord, please, I need a good husband. Say, why should I get a good husband? Because Jesus died for me. They said, give, give her two. Oh, if I one, because we will have given you two now. It is just that. Do you get my point? That is how eager heaven is to release when we pray correctly. He said, do you want to prosper? Yes. How do you come and pray? He said, Lord, look at my checkbook. Ah, this, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the angels say, this boy, don't spoil him. Look at the stops. That church, I only, only me roofed it. God, look, God will sit down and show you how you are an idolater. Because he'll show you how many widows' houses you did not roof. Those boys in your village, in your village that are doing myself up and down because they have no school to go. And you see what I'm going to say? You say it's your fault. If they were reading, <laughs> you won't find anybody that owns a shop in Onitsha doing myself because <laughs> they must say. He <laughs> said, if you had helped them, but God said, let's not start dragging who did what, who did not do what. Just come to me and say, help me. And I say, why? He said, in the name of Jesus. Sarah, seven helps for him alone. He said, God, prosper me. God says, why? He said, the grace of the Lord Jesus is that he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, 
Are you seeing how we bring the will of God into his judgment? What is happening in your life doesn't have, it may not be the will of God. But I'm saying to you, you can bring the will of God into it. In fact, this is my message. Jesus died so that the will of God can become your experience. So that the judgment of God will not be your experience. You can read it from the book of John chapter 5. One of the earliest verses that hooked in my head as a young Christian. In verse 24. Open your Bibles to it. The book of John chapter 5 verse 24. It was talking about those who have believed in him. <laughs> my first assignment today is to lift Jesus up again. He said, truly, truly, I said to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into what? Oh, let me use my version. He said, does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Listen, this is how the will of God becomes your experience. It is based upon what Jesus did for you. Let me summarize again. First, our experiences are the will of God. Not necessarily. Because what we experience is a balance of many things in life. There are accusations rising up against us. There are intercessions. That's why you should pray for somebody. Because these are the things that balance out. God will decree something. Doesn't mean he wants it like that. That's why he said, pray like this. Thy will be done. There's a process of bringing the will of God into your experience. I said there's a way we put ourselves in trouble when we forget that it is Jesus that opens the eyes of the blind. Your blindness is only Jesus that will heal your blindness. Your sins, he's the one that will forgive. Please, you must stop this, your effort in trying to wipe away your own sins. You can't. You see people insulting God every day. How did they do it? The man was a musician. In the world, he used to jam and, you know, have babes all over the place, smoke, you know. Then one day he gives his life to Christ. He now says, I've corrupted a lot of people. He now goes around trying to undo the evil that he did. He now joins the choir and starts singing praise worship. Jesus is coming, oh, amen. And people say, yes, he has repented. No, he's confused. He wants to undo the evil that he did. You know what God says? Shut your mouth, accept repentance, and let me tell you what to do next. When Pastor Chris Okote gave his life to Christ, I don't know who taught him that gospel, but he understood it. He didn't sing. Did you hear him sing for God? He didn't. God said, I wanted to be a pastor. He went to Bible school, became a pastor, and started preaching the gospel. Many people have thought that he would not start singing praise worship. Hallelujah. This morning we want to sing unto the Lord. Everybody rise, trying to pay for the days of iniquity. Let me quickly say that to you. If you try that one, you will die early. Not a joke. If God forgave you and you're still trying to pay, you're about to die. Do you hear what I said? I know some of the things I say. Some people have never heard them before. They go to a church where somebody tells them that, listen, for all the days you have led people to hell, you now start leading them to heaven. And they are trying to count. You are a confrontable boy in school. You were doing all kinds of iniquity. You now want to go now and become the apostle against uh, courtism on campus. One of the court boys will kill you one day. Not for any other reason that God said, this boy is confused. I have forgiven you. Now go about your life. What do you want to do now? School. Go to another school. Go and do a master's program. And come back, join civil service. And let me use you to redeem something there. You are not automatically an apostle for redemption or courtism just because we're a court boy. This is the problem when people don't know how to accept repentance. Uh, sorry, forgiveness. Repentance is being stopped doing it. Doesn't mean go and correct the past. Uriah is dead. What was David going to do? Exhume his dead body? Was he good to kill Uriah? No. But Uriah is dead. Can you repent after Uriah is dead? Yes, he repented. If it's some of us, we'll name the palace Uriah Avenue. Why? We are, our consciences have not been cleansed. These are the things people do and they walk out of the will of God every day. 
Listen, the first time, look, I, I know some people are thinking, how do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? We may not get there. I don't think you need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know why? He said, Pastor Banky, I'll tell you why. Holy Spirit knows how to shout. Did you hear what I said? If your heart is right, if Holy Spirit whispers, you don't hear, you will shout. If you don't hear, give me a knock. My friend, I'm talking to you. He said, ah, are you serious? Holy Spirit is a gentleman. I don't know where you read it. The word gentleman does not exist in the Bible. You know, we say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not intrude. He? Go and ask Moses. <laughs> Moses was going. If bush starts burning recklessly, you, you know, go look. So if the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, if, you don't, if he talks quietly, you don't listen, he will run away. You know, they fear you. <laughs> listen. Oh, God. Oh, so many things to say. Let me just say something here. The only time Holy Spirit runs away is when you are stubborn. And now that's, I'm going to talk about that. Please don't miss any of these sessions. There are so many things to say. Alright? Don't miss any of these sessions. And I'll recommend some of our materials. Alright? Free on our website. Low, low price DVDs and CDs here. But you must try not to miss any sessions. Any of the sessions. Holy Spirit will not talk only to the man who is stubborn. Not the one that does not know how to check the voice of the Holy Spirit. He said, Pastor Banker, are you sure? I will prove it to you again. When God wanted to speak to Samuel, Samuel was confused. He was in his room. Samuel, Samuel, he ran and said, Oh, guy, like, you called me. Let's say I didn't call you. God came again. Somewhere, somewhere. Ah, you were calling me. No. The boy was not sensitive. He was sleeping. But Holy Spirit spoke. And then, when the boy didn't understand, the, the, the old man suddenly understood. So next time you hear the voice, this is how you respond. Then the boy was trained. What am I trying to say? If God wants to shout, he can shout. His voice, the Bible says, is like the sound of many waters. Don't tell me only whispers. Don't tell me he only whispers. Don't tell me he only whispers. He can shout. I'm just trying to emphasize, there are reasons why people can't hear even when he's shouting. Do you know, there, it's possible for God to be shouting and people can't hear it. Do you know that? When he said, this is my beloved son, some people say it's thunder. It was so loud, everybody could hear it. <laughs> everybody said that thunder. Meanwhile, he said clearly, this is my beloved son. The question I want to ask is, why were their ears deadened that they could not hear? That is the issue. It is not a method for hearing. It is to purify your heart and your ears by repenting from iniquity and holding on that you repent from holding on to your own ideas. We'll get to that. But what I want to emphasize are the background reasons why the will of God is so alien to us. You know why? Because we are fighting for it with our own strength. We are not tapping into the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. We are fighting with our own strength. We are not tapping into the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus has set you free. Somebody say amen. amen. That young man, that man that was blind, they say, how will he see? Jesus said, I will do the work of the Father. It's not him. It's not you. It is Christ. It's not your labor. It is Christ. Listen to me. Many troubles that are in your life today, they are there only because you are not, you are not allowing Christ to do it. Oh, I need to talk. We're talking about the will of God. I've gotten to it. People say, does God want me to go to America or stay in Nigeria? I will answer that question. In fact, let me just tell you something. If you have questions, write it down, submit it at the end of the day. I will read through all of them this night and incorporate, it into the, incorporate them into my, the parts of my message tomorrow. Of course, I can answer them immediately. If you have a question, please write it down clearly. Don't write now. I will give you time to write later. Okay? But so that you don't get distracted. People say, does God want me to go to America or stay in Nigeria? They start praying. You speak all kinds of tongues. And it's good to speak in tongues. Paul said it's very good. But this is the interesting part. No matter the tongue you speak. You know, it's, part, it's possible to speak tongues that are genuine, but they are useless. Why do you laugh when I say things that are true? It's possible to speak tongues that are genuine, but they are useless. Let me prove it. Paul said, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. What happens? <laughs> Did you see it? He spoke the tongues of men and of angels, but there was a crucial element that was missing. For that reason, he did not profit. 
She has proven it to you now. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> yes, it's possible. You can pray. I've seen it. That is my meditations, you know, observing things in life. You can pray from morning till night. Pray in tongues, tune your voice, tune your ears. And so, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking? Is that you? He said, no, it's the mosquito. Okay. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? I'm, I'm going somewhere. You can pray from now to tomorrow, go for all kinds of counseling. Unless you hear the right counsel that removes something from your heart, God can't speak to you. Let me tell you what I'm saying. God, should I go to America and stay in Nigeria? God said, that is not what I wanted to know. I wanted to first understand that prosperity is not from any country. Like Bishop Hidipo will say, it is from above. The knowledge of that is the will of God. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. For those who didn't get it clearly. A young man is sitting down. Should I get take a job in Lagos or take a job in a back lake? Should I start my own business or work for civil service? And he's praying and praying and praying. And the fellow doesn't seem to be hearing God. He's confused. This is the source of the confusion. He or she still has not answered one question. What is the source of prosperity? They still say a civil service job is secure. You know, you see here that rubbish? Yes. Anybody still believing that? Ask him, which country do you live in? Ask him whether Nitel was not civil service those days. One day my, my younger brother was applying for work. I went home. My mother said he applied in NBC. I said, ah, when did he start applying petroleum job? Hey, my mother said, you know, government work. <laughs> government work is very good. I said, government? I said, mommy, Nitel was government too. Where is Nitel now? Nepal was government too. This is not Nepal. This is life that they sent. They are not there in the game. Many things will go like that too. As long as you still have the mind that prosperity comes from this and that, you cannot, no matter how loud God shouts, you will say it is thunder. God will say, this is my beloved job in whom I'm well pleased. You say it is thunder. This is this assignment. Take it and be, and be prosperous in it. You say it is thunder. Why? Because your heart has not yet fixed prosperity on God. If you just bother to read that Psalm 75, not from the east, nor from the west, comes exaltation. But God is judge. He brings down one and he lifts up another. Once that word is settled in your heart, suddenly you, listen, you will find it easy to know whether I should take this government job or take the private job or start my own business or for a few months do nothing while I'm just looking around and helping young people to get their lives together before I now start. Making that decision will be easy. I hope you're getting what I'm going to explain here. We're getting into that. I just need to start by explaining to people. Listen, everything that you are in life is what Christ will produce in you. Your certificate will not produce anything in you. Your blindness will not be killed with a PhD. How do I know God's will? Yes, let's get it clear. This is my message for today. I want to put Christ back where God placed him. Where we take our eyes away from our works. Our eyes must not be on our works. It must be on who? On what he has done for us in Christ. I always like to drop that giving one to shock Christians to listen to me. Because when I say they, they wake up. I say God is not prospering you because you gave an offering. He's prospering you because Jesus died for you. If you like give to you, bend. He won't answer you. I know one of the reasons why I like to say it. Why I can say it. Because I'm a preacher. And normally we are the ones that collect it. So when a preacher is saying it, you are inclined to believe there are those who are not quick to believe. You know those? They've done it for 10 years and never produced. Listen, if you like, if you are going to Abakaliki and you've been on this Lagos route for a long time, run, run, eventually you enter the Atlantic. You will not get to Abakaliki. The only way you will get to Abakaliki, by the time you get to Asaba, I say, oh boy, no be rubbish. What do you do? You turn. And this is something about God. Somebody say he's good. He's all the years that you look cause of ignorance at. 
can restore it to you like this. A king did what was wrong. God said, why did you pay another king to help you when God is supposed to be your help? He said, what about all the money I give him? He said, God can give you much more back. What God hates is stubbornness. When you hear truth and you don't go for it. Listen, everything you are in life is what you are in Christ Jesus. It's not what you do with your own labor. Jesus died. Listen, if it was possible, let me talk about that money and prosperity as an example. If it was possible for yourself to pull yourself out of poverty, that's what Paul said. Jesus died in vain. Did you hear what I said? If by your own machinations and you know spiritual mechanisms, you can pull yourself out of poverty, then Jesus died needlessly. Any principle you hear that said Muslims use it and they get results is not Christ. I don't need it. Any day anybody says that this are even Muslims have come to understand that when you do like this, you will do like this, you will prosper. Then just know, say, sir, that one I won't use it. Because there must be something that Jesus died for that you need to believe to receive it. If a man can operate the principle without believing, then that thing is not what Jesus died for. Many of you have heard it before. Some of you even, even unbelievers. I've heard it. Even unbelievers have now understood it. That I, a man said, I have known believers that were tithing so that they can prosper. And they were not even believers. I said, that case is not God that's blessing them. It's not Christ. Listen, the only thing that counts in your life that will endure is what God does for you through Christ Jesus. This is my message for today. After this one, we'll continue the rest tomorrow. I want every Christian of God present here today to repent of his own works. Your works cannot bring you out of blindness. Jesus said, why are you blind? He said, let's not discuss it. Let's discuss how you will come out of blindness. How will you come out? I will walk my walk in your life. Let me say something to you. The work of God has been done in your life. What is remaining is for you to discover it. Unfortunately, many people have been misguided. They say, do more works so that God can listen to you. I've heard people say it. People like Pastor E. Adeboye, they have big mansion in heaven. You know, when I hear such talk, I say, are you joking? You know, it sounds like, you know, you, you know something, one of other Christians are, are comedians. Because it's a joke. How do you know the mansion a man has? You can't know. The only thing you know, with all due respect, please, you understand my point? I'm not taking anything from the senior bro. I love him and God bless him and I believe he has mansion too. Amen? I just, I'm just saying that we don't know who has mansion that's big, which one is small. There's one old woman somewhere in one village in Chile, in Bangladesh. You'll be surprised that her mansion is 75 times bigger than that of Oyedepo, Adeboye, Banki, let me add myself. Alright? All pastor customers, all of us put together. Jesus said, why? He said, that's old woman. All of you are driving cars. She tries to go and preach and gets nothing. She preaches for the love of Christ and the love of people. And she has done it diligently without anybody blowing her name up in poster. And yet it's as joyful as those of you are driving cars. The pastor is your bed. They take a brand new limousine. Yes. Say, her reward is in heaven. Some of you collected part of your own on the earth. So I took part of your block to give... <laughs> Some of your blood don't miss. <laughs> you enter your bathroom and say, Ah, Father God, there's no, bath, there's no bathtub here. So your jacuzzi in Lagos, where, where it is it I get out from? <laughs> ah, is that a good day bath now? You never bath for Lagos, forget to. <laughs> you tell you a reason offering to buy a car. You don't know, you go track for this heaven, you go track. That is. <laughs> and you collect your, all your reward on the earth. I'm there. <laughs> the Lord is good. You know what I'm trying to emphasize, all right? You see, you don't know. You understand? You can't judge anyone's reward. What you see outwardly is, is outward. What God sees is inward. God only rewards according to what's inside the heart. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. When many of us don't do that, there are people who still think. I'm talking about the will of God. I will explain it. There are those who still think. You know, the day they make them deacon in church, they call party. I said, now what? Wow, you did trial. 
They make you in deacon in church, you call party. Honestly, you need deliverance. They made you deacon and you call party. You need deliverance. It now becomes tied to, you've seen it before. They come to the office. What's his name? Is Dickin Bankole Olushina. Says, sir, is Dickin a title? This is a hospital for goodness sake. Dickinship <laughs> is in your church. <laughs> yeah, because people feel, they feel wife with it. You know the word, you know the word wife? It's not an English word. My friend Chooks invented it. You're feeling very tough. Why? They promoted you in church. Jesus said, this greatest one should be the greatest servant. But people still feel tall. There are those who still think nothing bad should happen to them because they are pastors. Listen, being a pastor is one of the most dangerous jobs. It's in the Bible like that too. James said that the day of judgment, any score against you is times two. If they say it's 20 strokes of the king, he said, all right, what did he do? He said this was wrong. He said, all right, give him 20 strokes. He said, but I was a pastor. Ah, 40 now, 40. <laughs> That's what James said. It's a job you're supposed to avoid. So you want to be a pastor, say, mm, let me go and pray about it. But you know, people sat, one of my friends, he saw one guy one day. <laughs> this will be the same church. Let's assume his name is Chris. It's not you. Let's assume he's Chris. <laughs> so he saw the guy, they were in the same church long ago. So that's what the guy did. And the guy was like, you know, one of the boys, you know, like uh, Israel would say, um, Chris, please bring me that wire. Israel, you know, <laughs> Chris will bring it. Said, okay, hold this for me, I'm coming. Don't leave here until I come back. He said, yes, sir. <laughs> and this my guy was one of the senior guys in their department. So one day now saw the guy on the road, long time. Ah, Chris, how are you? Long? The guy said, excuse me, Pastor Chris. <laughs> my friend called me and said, what is going on here? I said, ah, are you the record? The world is upside down. The guy made him pause. I said, Mm-mm, it's not the Christ of those days. You put the title in front of it now, it's now Pastor. He said, Oh, sorry, oh, Pastor Christian. <laughs> with you. Do you know people still go around thinking that means that they are important before God? Witches will soon kill you. That's not a joke. You are in a place where you can argue with them. Why don't you stay in a place where there is nothing in me apart from what I am in Christ? That's what I'm preaching. Listen, that is a place where witches will see you and pass to your neighbor's house. Some of the fight you hear in your neighbor's house, they were coming to your house before. When they now saw that <laughs> dangerous people here, they only worship God. They don't try to even fight us because we are too small for them to fight. They will go somewhere else. I pray that Christians will, that's my message for today. Because without this, you can't understand the will of God. You must realize that all that you are in life is what Christ made you. You don't, uh, you don't go to church because God wants to mark register. I so told you before, that's one place God hardly comes to mark who comes anyway, church. He doesn't check. You know why? He knows everybody behaves properly when they get there. Uh, for example, if you're an Anglican in Enugu, you know all the girls dress very well. Because there's a poster outside, no indecent dressing here. So God, if he wants to check how you dress, he doesn't go to church. He goes to your office on Sunday morning. He wants to see where your breast is located. <laughs> Whether it's behind your cloth or on top of it. <laughs> Sorry, I hope I'm not too vulgar there. But you get what I'm going to explain. He doesn't go to church. People think go to church thinking that we're going to serve God. The last place people serve God is church. Listen, those who serve God in church, let me tell you who they are. They are really the preachers. But that's their job. Like those of you who came here now, most of you came here to come and get blessed. You are not serving by sitting down. When you want to serve, go home. Want to serve, go to work. Want to serve, look in your heart. This church that we rush to is not where God checks who is serving him. It's from Monday to Saturday. That's when he checks. That is when he checks. He tells his boss, ah, the one that will make me laugh a lot. You see the woman, see pastor. Ah, pastor, good afternoon, sir. He goes, bend one knee down to greet you, sir. Then the husband will come up and say, ah, Chris, you don't consider that they come. <laughs> <laughs> if you see pastor, they go, knee, knee one knee. <laughs> ah, pastor, customers, good afternoon, sir. 
And I said, oh, it shall be well with you. Hallelujah. Press shock of iron. And the, the husband is coming. He said, Chris, wait for me. I'm talking to pastor. Hey, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, oh. Listen, the blessing your husband gives you is at least twice as powerful as that of your pastor. At least twice. If your pastor says, travel, it shall be well with you. And the husband says, well with you. Go first. Don't go. Because that blessing of pastor has been annulled. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Listen, outward works is not what we heal our blindness. So. We have been blinded for many reasons. Only Jesus is the healing for our blindness. Jesus, let me just tell you who he is and what he has done, then we're close. Jesus died for your sins. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus broke your ancestral curses. Amen. Listen, you are not hearing me well enough. Jesus broke your ancestral curses. Amen. Jesus took you away from where witches can afflict you. Amen. He placed you in a place where he said is far above principalities and powers. Far above every Ogbanje spirit. Far above every spirit husband and spirit wife. Which does not exist anyway. Far above every agent of darkness. That's where you he has placed you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Listen, Jesus put you in a place where the witches in the tree in the village can't afflict you. Amen. You don't need to drive them out. Listen to me. Jesus said that even though nobody in your family ever succeeded, you will succeed. Amen. Listen. I've heard men say before, I cannot marry a girl that came from a broken home. You, have you heard it before? Please, I want you to do something. Turn, turn to your neighbor. Say, that's rubbish talk. <laughs> Tell the person, if any girl is in Christ. Finish it for the person. You know the rest of the message. You know. Uh, you get my point? That's what Christ did. Don't let anybody look down on you with your reproach. I don't care whether your father and your mother used to use knife to fight on Sunday morning. And at the end of the day, they cut each other so much, half of them living in different places. You are in Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. That is what Jesus did for you. Listen to me. Somebody say that uh, there's madness in their family. There's, uh, there's uh, barrenness in their family. There's, uh, give me another one that says in families. There's cancer, there's sudden death, thank you, in the family. There's Obanje. He said, there are the women there, they don't stay in husband's house. Listen, let nobody reproach you. Jesus has delivered you. Amen. Listen, anybody talking to you like that, look at the fellow with pity. The fellow is blind. He can't see what God is saying. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. Jesus said, no matter what your family has been like, you are new. No matter what your family has been like, you are new. They say, ah, the uncle is poor. <laughs> the father is poor. The grandfather is poor. Everybody in the family, they are poor. Listen to the word of God. You are already rich. Amen. Oh, God. Oh. I say, you are already rich. Amen. Listen, I mean, let me tell you a story. The man, Peter Daniels. Please go and Google up his name, if you don't know him. He's an Australian rich man. Peter Daniels said that he has more uncles. In, he had, no, he's an old man now. He said he had more uncles in prison than on the streets. Nobody in his family ever succeeded. Nobody. Nobody. He, at the age of 20-something, 20 22, 23, he was illiterate. You, you didn't know a white man could be illiterate. He said he was illiterate. As a 20-something-year-old, he was an illiterate, I think, bricklayer. He was a mason in Australia. And then one day, he went and heard Billy Graham. The same Billy Graham you know. He heard the man preach years ago. And the man said, as a child of the king, he told him that if you're a Christian, you give your life to Christ, you are a child of a king. That was stuck with him. He said, ah, I'm not a relative of a prisoner. I'm not, I'm not relatives of failures. I'm not a failure. I'm not illiterate. I'm a child of a king. Let me summarize it. 
Now he went to school. The teacher told him that he's brain damaged. As a little boy, the teacher said this boy can't learn. He's totally dumb. He's totally dull. Everybody said he's brain damaged. The teacher said, no, he's brain stupid. That was the word. The teacher's name was Miss Phillips. True story. But you know what? When this light of Christ came upon him, when the life of Christ came into his soul, the man became so successful. So successful one day, they paid him $1 million to listen to him for 10 minutes. He was a business consultant. A company in the U.S. in Texas had a problem. They needed to talk to him. I don't know whether I was on the phone or physically. He said his fee is $1 million. They paid. He talked to them for exactly 10 minutes. That was it. 10 minutes talk, $1 million. If you think he was, he was doing 419 for them, no. When they implemented what he said in 10 minutes, they made $100 million. His children carried literal gold in their briefcases to travel. They own mines in South Africa. They fly private all over the world. His children, not him. Yet, he had ancestral curses. What is it that he seems worrying you? Listen to me. Jesus has delivered you. Amen. Listen, no matter what be the affliction in your system, now it has been broken. Amen. Somebody say your mother had cancer. I'm praying. I'm praying for you. This is your mother had cancer. Your grandmother had cancer. Your sister already has it. Now you have a lump in your breast. Of course, the diagnosis is obvious. Let me give you God's diagnosis. That lump disappears now in Jesus' name. It disappears from you now in the name of Jesus. Get home, you won't find it again. Do you know why? Because in Christ Jesus, you have been set free. Let anybody who wants to do Ishakara because your mother is divorced, your aunties are divorced, tell him that he is blind. That he can't see what God has made you in Christ Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, that person is new. Listen to me, failure has gone away. Let no pastor come and deceive you that you need to go for deliverance. It's a waste of time. What is happening right now is that I am, look, we are in a deliverance session. Because when you know the truth, the truth delivers you. Truth is what delivers you, not prayer. Truth is what delivers you, not fasting. Truth is what delivers you, not offering. Some people say, I gave a car, I was delivered. It's a lie. The man is lying. Pastor Frank, I say, yes! I'm telling you he lied. Listen, uh, listen I will tell you the truth. Rubbish that people are doing outside there. It's annoying. I have given car before. It's not a big deal. Are you getting my point? So it's not like it's not something that somebody can do. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. If you want to give, give. If you want to give, if you don't want to give, go home. If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, go home. But your deliverance is not dependent on your offering. It's dependent on whether you will say amen to the sacrifice of Jesus. That is it. Your deliverance is not based upon what you are able to do. People say that after I give the offering, unless the, unless the money was stolen, so you're holding it and the owner is looking for it. So when you give it back to him, you were delivered from, from, from guilty conscience. But if you're talking about spiritual deliverance, listen to me, you can't buy it. I see young boys and young girls running up and down trying to raise money to give up so that so they can get a job. If you want a job, pray like Jabez. Say, oh, that you bless me indeed. That's all. The Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He loved God. He walked according to God. Don't let anybody make merchandise of your soul. You see Christians be running up and down. Say, if you want to break through tomorrow, I'll give a million today. Idiot. He goes to bank to borrow a millionaire. You will break through. It's, you break through. Break through the bank vault. Go and steal. Only. If you want to give, give. I give to my children all the time. They have to eat. You know why? They are my responsibility. The ministry I run, we spend money. 
But I tell anybody, if you want to sow seed, don't sow it here. Go and sow it somewhere else. You know what I'm going to say? God, I give 10,000, you multiply 100,000. Banky doesn't do that business. Don't bring it to us. We don't want it. Any money you can't give us and feel happy that, yes, my money is preaching the gospel. Don't bring it. I preach it, and I'm not afraid. Because the people won't give you money. Let them not give it. As long as I have a mouth, I will preach the gospel. And that's all that matters. God will carry the, he will carry the gospel everywhere. God is not requiring your own effort. He's requiring you to believe what Jesus has done for you. That's my message. That is the truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. I'm telling you what Jesus is, who he is. He has delivered you. Give me an amen. amen. You will not die early. Amen. Oh, let me tell you two things about my anointing. I've discovered it. If you pay attention to what I say, you will not be poor in life. You won't die young. Amen. Yeah, it's the word of God. It's a spiritual gift. I'm imparting it to you as I speak. Amen. You were supposed to die next week. It's been cancelled. That angel of death will see you in 80 years' time. In this life, you will not be average. Do you know why? Because Jesus died for you. Please, I I finished my message. I just want to talk about this Christ. I finished preaching for today. We'll continue tomorrow. I just want you to know. When you are going out now, see that you you know some of you have been recording all your offerings so that in December you to pray for moto to drive to the village. If you won't have accident on the road, go and tear that rubbish. If you want a car, you know what you do? You kneel down and say, God, I don't tire to the trek. Leg the pain, your guy. And believe me, he will give a card to you. Amen. Don't tell him that, sir, Chris has bought one. Once you say it like that, he will just tell the angel, we told this car for two more years. If you want your breaks to be postponed, be talking nonsense there. What do I mean by nonsense? Say, sir, Angela and me, who find pass? She don't marry. <laughs> No guy will greet you for six months. God will give you body odor all of a sudden. You won't know why. I hope you are getting my point. Don't ever, you know, don't go to God and be comparing. Go to Him. I, I used to tell God those days. I said, Lord, though, I can trek. Oh, there's no problem with trek, you know. But you know, if you give me a wife, it won't be nice. She has to be able to, you know. Otherwise, now let me go to the go show show. I'm going to come preach to them because it will be hard. Two of us jumping from one to Kekena Pebble to, to get to get it. It will be hard. No, that was my sincere way of praying. I used to tell the Lord, I said, Lord, when it comes to money, it's not a big deal. Not a, look, I've understood that Paul said I've learned to be the same whether I'm rich or I'm poor. It's not a big deal. I said, God, but you know, say if I marry one woman, you know, if you want to, if you are hungry, you can turn it to fasting if you're alone. I said, but once we are two, Things will complicate. So, dear Lord, you will bless me. So, the day I married, I knew I was blessed. Because that was my deal. <laughs> Listen to me. It was not based upon what I did, though. It was a simple request. Jesus said, the Father loves you. Oh, God, I pray you would understand. He said, the Father himself loves you. What we have been doing is to hinder his power by all our own works. Please, a Christian is a giver. Somebody say Amen. We are children of God. We are givers. Our father is a giver. But we don't go to pray and say, God, see what I have given. It gets him angry. Don't give the glory to your good works. Somebody told my wife one day, yeah, my husband saw the seed last week. This week he was delivered from death. He's about to die tomorrow. That's, that's some rubbish talk you don't talk. What kept, what kept in my life two weeks ago? What kept in my life four weeks ago? How many seeds are you going to sow to live for the next 20 years? Why don't you just walk around and say, Lord, I'm here by your grace. Thank you for your mercy. You wake up in the morning, wave your hand and say, Lord, listen, the Lord is good. Let, let's close. We can't preach everything today. After all, we are here for how many days? Three days. Please, don't miss any session. Today's our introduction. My emphasis today is just one thing. Christ is the reason why you are blessed. That's my emphasis. Somebody rise to your feet and give that Christ a hand offering. Wave your hands to him and thank him. Just use your own words and thank him. Say, Lord, thank you. I didn't know I was free. I thought it was my own works. Thank you, O Lord, that I have been set free. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. That's one thing I wanted to do. That's my message for today. Just to magnify Christ before you. 
Just to magnify Christ before you. Everybody just repeat after me. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Because I'm dwelling in Christ. Say, Lord, I thank you. Because my sins have been washed away. Listen, if you have not given your life to Christ, just join this confession and mean it from the bottom of your heart. As you are doing that, you are getting born again. Are you getting my point? So let's continue. Say, Lord, I thank you. Because my sins have been washed away. All things have passed away in my life. Say, poverty has passed away. Premature death has passed away. Now listen to this. If there is an addiction, all right, a sin that you are addicted to, I'm going to make a statement you just repeated like everybody else. And I want you to know that breaks that addiction out of your life. Are you getting my point? Now say, say in the name of Jesus. Sin has been broken out of my life. Say in the name of Jesus. Sin no longer has power over me. Sin doesn't have power over me anymore. Because of the blood of Jesus. Say it has washed me clean. Say it has washed me clean. It has washed me clean. Say Lord I thank you. Listen to me. Every sickness, whether it's ancestral, whether it's hereditary, whether Jesus said, what does it matter? Let me walk the walk of him that sent me. Put your hand wherever you are hurting that you want me to pray for. Now, I want to just rebuke that sickness with the power of the name of Jesus. I'm just going to quote a scripture. And when I finish, you say amen to it and the power of God will touch you and you will be healed. Put your hand there. Put the other hand up. Say in the name of Jesus. Say himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By his stripes, I have been healed. Now say amen to that. That is healing. Jogging will not make you live long. It's the name of Christ that will give you long life. Jesus has died to break that premature death. You will not die in an accident. Because your father died in a particular way, anytime you go maybe around that area or you're in a car or something, you get scared. It's a spirit of death. It's working on you, preparing you for the day of death. Right now, you are delivered from it in the name of Jesus. That spirit of death, I break it off from your life by the power, by the power of the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. You won't die young. You will live your life out and you will live it in perfect health. I speak to your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That that healing power of Christ enters you now and makes you well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's whip those hands to the Lord again and just tell him thank you in your own words. Let's just say thank you. Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good.